The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. I've talked before about how my wife discovered the wonders of running during the pandemic, and I know she's not alone. Yes, we were all stuck in our houses for a very long time, and some of us ate our feelings, and some of us discovered running and was able to do so much more because of that time uh, in the house during the pandemic. One of those runners that discovered ultra running in an unusual way would be my guest on this episode of The Adventure Jogger, Jessica Nowak from Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome to The Adventure Jogger. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So you, we met uh, briefly at the Shawnee Hills 100, right? Yes, very briefly. I was waiting for my runner to come in, as I think you guys were. And I heard about that, um, how that all ended up for you guys on a couple podcasts ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, can you, I, I still can't get over the fact that, that Travis Esterby crushed 13 beers and then paced 10 miles. I can't imagine doing that, especially on that course. It was very technical with all of the rocks and yes. And all- Neither could I. I was like, you're insane. I'm going to go ahead and stop drinking now and start drinking tons of water and sports drink to try and hydrate myself back up. But anyway, we had a chance to meet for just a little bit at Shawnee Hills. And and actually, you were recommended. um, I get emails, people suggesting guests and and know that I I see just about all of them. And if you suggest someone and they're not on, it's because either they don't want to be on or I didn't get a response. But you were requested because you found running in a rather unusual way during the pandemic because you are not a lifelong runner, were you, Jessica? No, I've only picked up running maybe within the last year or two, to be honest. I used to hate running. Um, it was kind of a punishment in sports. <laughs> right. um, so I went pretty deep down the CrossFit cult. And, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Well, I was um, pretty active in a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. There were a group of people that wanted to uh, sign up for a Spartan race. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty hesitant because it involved running and ended up doing it anyways. It was a short one. It was just a few miles long, um, but I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up again for a beast, which is like 13 miles with 30 some obstacles. Yeah. And um, afterwards, I realized I don't care so much for the obstacles, but I really liked the running. Um, and so that kind of stuck. I have exactly one friend who lo- runs long distance, <laughs> and um, he encouraged me. And that was actually who I paced at Shawnee 100. Okay. Uh, so he's the only person I knew that did ultra. So I had heard of it. I just had never explored it as an option. Um, and so it kind of just built from there. So, you know, it's interesting that you really didn't start running from zero. You were doing CrossFit. So you're in decent shape doing CrossFit. It was just like running. Why would you want to do that? That just seems like you know, like like boring and, and, and a punishment. That's not a whole lot of fun to do when I could be doing Olympic lifts and all that stuff in CrossFit. 
yeah oh running by far was the most boring part of crossfit but you know things changed the pandemic happened and the gym closed down and thought you know i was at home i wasn't working what am i going to do with myself yeah and so uh i just started running and um actually just maybe a couple months before everything shut down i ran my first half marathon so i thought well i've already done it in the spartan race i can i can do that run and then the world shut down and uh i ended up seeing the quarantine backyard ultra did you watch any of that when it was on yes I talked to to, so, to uh, Michael Wardian about that, like the second episode of the podcast, and that was really cool to see all these people from around the world kind of doing their own little loop, and it, it was fun to watch. Yeah, it was so awesome. I was at home, and I, I actually set my – I slept in the guest bedroom, so I wouldn't wake up my husband because he worked through the pandemic. Yeah. I was home for maybe six weeks of it, Yeah, and um, – I left my laptop open because it was so exciting to me. <laughs> I didn't want to miss anything. So I slept in the guest bedroom and just kind of, I would wake up periodically and, and see who was still in. And I was following that. And I just kind of was so intrigued by the ultra running world that it kind of just ramped up from there. That's really fun to think about. You know, you're so into the quarantine backyard ultra. You're like, I'm going to stay up all night and follow these <laughs> These people I don't know as they run loops in their neighborhood. Uh, for, and coffee shops. Right, right, exactly. And, and, and I'm just going to watch this, but I don't want to wake my husband. So you stayed in the guest bedroom so you could follow the quarantine backyard ultra and not, not, not bother anybody. <laughs> at that point, you hadn't run an ultra at that point, Jessica, but I think at that point you nope. were officially an ultra runner. I felt the spirit of ultra running. Yeah. That's for sure. What did you, okay, let's, let's talk about that for a minute before we go even further into this. I've had CrossFitters on before, or people that have transitioned from CrossFitting to ultra running. Describe the atmosphere of both of those, we'll just call them cults. Um, the, 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 the similarities and the differences between CrossFit and ultra running. You know, honestly, I think they're fairly similar. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask a CrossFitter, almost every single CrossFitter hates running, but both things are really about the community of people. So, um, most of my best friends right now, I've, I met from the gym and, um, really none of us are still involved in CrossFit, but we've stayed connected. It's really just about the friendships and the bonds that you make. And so I feel that same way about ultra running. Um, you just have this thing, this passion in common, and it just is so easy to fall in line and just, you know, make friends from there. I think the, the big difference is, and I think CrossFitters and ultra runners are cut from a similar cloth, but what it sounds like is CrossFitters are people that need something a little extreme in their life, but hate running. And ultra runners are people who need a little something extreme in their life, but hate working out, like hate <laughs> weightlifting and all that stuff. Like they're like, ah, let's do cardio. Yeah, that's a great description. <laughs> I mark, would agree. Mark that down, everybody. Um, you discovered too the great virtual run across Tennessee. Was that after um, the 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 quarantine backyard ultra? Did you kind of go down the Laz rabbit yeah. hole? 
Yes, it was just after that. Actually, my one running friend uh, that I paced at Shawnee, he sent me a text about it the night before it was starting. He sent me just a link to an article about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm at home. I'm doing nothing with my time. This is so cool. I'm signing up right now. And so I signed up and at that point I had only ever run a half marathon. So the thought of even running every day or even running more than a few times a week was really daunting to me. Mm -hmm. And when you averaged it out, you needed to average somewhere in the neighborhood of five miles per day to finish. Um, You could run, you could walk, uh, but you had to get those miles in. And that was nowhere near what I was doing regularly. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty intimidating to begin. Um, And then, as you know, something like 19,000 plus people signed up for it. Yes. Um, So I signed up right away, got going on that, was logging my miles. Uh, And then what, what started to happen was that people would kind of you know, look for groups of people to almost form mini competitions yeah, with. Yeah. And so people would search their last names. Uh, I didn't, I don't think there were any other no acts. So um, I was like, well, I'll search my first name. Right. Jessica. Yeah. Uh, makes perfect sense. And so I had this kind of um, group of Jessica is that I was following along in the, the virtual race across Tennessee. And I started way back. I mean, there were so many 19,000 people. Jessica is a pretty common name. Yeah. So I started way back on like the third page of Jessica's. And then as the summer went on, I just kind of ramped my miles up and um, did what I could. I ended up finishing the first crossing on July 4th. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, I'm just short of having exactly half the time left. So I'm going to turn around and try to do it a second time. And then I just kept, you know, tracking where I fell among the Jessica's and didn't think too much about it during that race. But, um, it was just kind of a goal to kind of keep creeping up the chart. You're going to be the number one Jessica. Out of all those people, 19,000, there's going to be a top Jessica and it's going to be Jessica Nowak. Oh, there's going to be a top Jessica, but it won't be top. It won't be Jessica Noah. <laughs> uh, there were some really, really impressive Jessicas that signed up for that race. And um, fortunately for me, I have had the opportunity to get to meet a lot of them. Um, we were perfect strangers before the pandemic. And it just so happened that a lot of us followed each other. And crazy Laz Lake after the race across Tennessee ended, he was like, well, if that worked, let's do a race around the world. Yeah. And um, so towards the end of the race across Tennessee, I got a Facebook message from a random person I had never met. Um, Her name's Jess. And it just said, Hey, I wanted to do um, the race around the world. I'm trying to get a team together. And I thought it, I don't have enough ultra running friends that might be interested in this. And I've been following along, watching the Jessica's and kind of recruiting a team of Jessica's. Yeah. Would you like to join? (laughs) And at first I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so tired from all these miles. (laughs) I don't know if I can do this because it literally started the day after yeah, because you would put like, like, like 1,200 miles plus 1,300 miles going one way and then back across, right? 
Correct. Yeah. So I did two crossings. A handful of us did two crossings. Um, the top Jessica, maybe a top couple of Jessicas did three crossings. Holy cow. Yeah. Like really, really impressive. Um, and so we ultimately ended up forming this team of Jesses and uh, we had all done the race across Tennessee. And then we all the very next day started the race around the world. And so that was super fun. It's a, it's a relay race. Yeah. It divided up into regions, 30,000 miles around the world. And you logged similarly to the race across Tennessee. Um, we kind of brainstormed team names yeah. and we came up with Just Do It. And <laughs> that was courtesy of Jessica Grinspan, who yeah. um, I had actually come across while I was watching the quarantine backyard ultra. Yeah. Because she was one of the last females standing mm -hmm. in that race. Um, I think she made it 30 hours. Wow. In that. So, yeah, it was super cool. I I was very impressed by everyone's performance that, you know, competed to the end in the quarantine back at Ultra. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this amazing Jess is going to be on my team. This is so cool. Um, but it turns out everyone who joined is just as awesome. Um our team has really stayed together and yeah. there's rarely a day we've just got this Facebook messenger group. There's rarely a day that there are zero messages exchanged. So this is all you, you gals didn't know each other. You just shared a name and it just kind no. of all came out. You're from all over the country and you're, you just kind of bonded over doing the great virtual run across Tennessee and having the same first name. Yeah, that's it perfect strangers bound together by the race across Tennessee. Um, we're all across the U S lots of beast coasters, lots, lots nice. of Midwest and a couple West and one token Canadian from Ontario. <laughs> so how did like, it's so weird that it, it would become such a tight bond. Like, is it, how did that friendship develop from more than just racing together virtually? How did it go from there? Honestly, I don't even know how to answer that question, but we we just had this shared passion, yeah. which I think just really bonds people pretty quickly. And so um, at first, it, the Facebook group was more so to just um, work out team strategy yeah. and how to log the miles and you know, how our team's progressing mm -hmm. in the race and is everyone pulling their weight? But then the messages quickly turned to, what'd you do today? And, um, you know, we've had the women go through, you know, changes in relationship status, changes in careers, um, all the struggles amidst the pandemic and just day-to-day -day things that build a friendship. And, um I mean, there are days that we have hundreds of messages coming through. People silence their phones at work. <laughs> we, can't, we can't, you know, get anything done. <laughs> so Jessica's from all walks of life, thrown together through this virtual run across a state that some of them have never been to, and all of a sudden you're sharing life moments together. You're helping each other through crises and that's, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. I don't know how how else to put it. Um, 
But on that note, we actually do have a local Jess from Tennessee. Okay, from great. From Cunningham, Tennessee. Nice. Which is, I think, maybe in your neighborhood, isn't it? Somewhere yeah, around Clarksville. Yeah, it's not too far away. Yeah, so we got a, we got a local Jess. That's great. That's fantastic. So we had a Tennessee authority on our team, <laughs> you know, keeping us up to date about the goings on there and um, where we were passing through. Super fun. So do you think it was a mixture of, of the just being alone and being stuck at home and just being forced to get out of your friend zones because everyone's stuck inside, get out of your work, your acquaintance zone. And so was it just, was it a little bit like shared suffering of this virtual run where you all had to do miles on your own and the pandemic in a way that brought you together and, and, and knit you so close together in such a short amount of time? Yeah, I think that played a big part in it. Um, you know, we had all had kind of neat experiences across Tennessee. And so um, this race around the world, we knew it was a big commitment because, you know, a lot of teams are still going. Yeah, We, we actually, we started on September 1st and my team finished on uh, August 15th of this year. So um, it was a major goal of ours to complete it in less than 365 days. You get a gold buckle wow. for doing that. Um, so that it was in total 30,000 miles that we had to run and walk across the last year. How many people are, were on the Just Do It team? So you can have a team up to 10. Okay. And we had eight of us that started from region one and continued through the whole time. We had probably, I think in total, we had 12 or 13 contribute yeah. to our team, but everyone was adjust. So there, even the rotating members and the, the people who subbed in, yeah. everyone was named Jess. <laughs> How many miles did you end up running in that time span? Uh, me personally, yeah. I have no idea. I was pretty solidly in the middle though. Um, the race was divided up into 12 regions mm -hmm. and I never added up the totals, <laughs> but our fearless leader, Jesse Nelson from Colorado, yes. she would probably have that data because she is all about <laughs> spreadsheets and planning and coordinating. And she's the one who kind of recruited everybody. Okay. So she's the planning and coordinating Jess. What Jess are you? What did, what, what did you bring to the race around the world? Jess team? Um, I bring the supplies and I am prepared in that way. So um, we can talk about this, but we did have the opportunity. We actually all met together in person. Oh, wow. Um, just last month. Yeah. And I am the one who made big lists of everything that we might need, like extra lube or um, <laughs> tailwind or you know, tape, whatever. Right. I shared all of the supplies with everybody who didn't pack what they needed. You were the pack mule. You're pack mule, Jess. I am, <laughs> so, which is not good in ultra running because my pack gets very heavy. Yes, yes, it does. So you guys decided, the Jesses decided to meet in person after a year of, 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 of Facebook messages back and forth and people had breakups and and people had problems with their spouse or or family or jobs or whatever and you're you're helping each other through all of that and then you decide to finally meet in person what was that like and where did you meet first off did you have to go very far um yeah so 
kind of to take it back just a little bit, yeah. we did an we did a virtual backyard of our own in November before anyone could travel really. Yeah. And um, and we set it up on Zoom and we pretty much broke every rule in the backyard handbook. <laughs> like we started on a Friday after work and you know, we ran until about midnight and then we got tired. So we took a nap and then we woke up in the morning and ran some more. But the whole point of it was just to see each other's faces. Yeah. Um, you know, experience what it would be like to run together, even though we weren't together. Yeah. So we would meet at the end of each lap and um just chat on Zoom for our free time and then head back out. Um and we had so much fun doing that that we decided to plan an in-person get together. And it just so happened that all eight of the original Jess mm -hmm. uh, was able to make it to the in-person meeting. And we decided to have it out in Colorado at Jesse's house. Okay. So she lives on a farm. Um, she is super, super planner organized. And she mapped out a course. It was an official course, official link. She had a whole slew of volunteers set up. She had a timing mat and all sorts of snacks. It was catered. This was a race for eight people. So so you did a virtual last Jess standing and that turned into a real in-person last Jess standing. Yes, it did. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so you've never, you've seen these gals on Zoom before. What was it like when all the Jesses came together at Jess in Colorado's house and you now are seeing these people that you've shared these virtual experiences with and you've known, you must have felt like you've known all of them with all the things you've shared, but now here they are in front of you in person. Oh yeah, it was so great. I was the last person to get there, but when, when I got there, everyone got a huge hug. We just fell right into stuff like we've known each other for years. Um, Cause that's what it feels like. We've um, we spent a lot of time messaging and talking and working through things. And um, so for everyone to be there in person, it, it was just so exciting. Um, it's a miracle that we could find a weekend yeah. that everyone could make it, including Canada, Jess. <laughs> and, um, you know, with, with the pandemic still, we were worried about timing wise because we started talking about this maybe back in February or March. Mm -hmm. We just weren't sure what things were going to look like. Um, but it ended up working out really well. Everyone made it. No one's luggage got lost. Um, everyone made it on time. And we had a great weekend together. Um, we ran a lot of miles for mm -hmm. our team because yeah. the, the race around the world was still going on. So we, we logged all of those miles. So you you doubled um, up on races, the race around the world and the last just standing. You were doubling up. Yep. We were double dipping for sure. <laughs> <laughs> How did the last just standing go racing against these women that you've now seen in person for only a couple of hours, but you've known for over a year? Oh, it was just, you know, it was like a big reunion. Mm -hmm. Basically we, um, some of us ran fast. Mm -hmm. Some of us ran slow. Everyone kind of had their own little strategy. Um, but everyone just hang out, hung out in between the loops. And um, we ate a bunch of food. 
we laughed a lot. Yeah. Um, we just had a lot of fun with it. So I think we ended up not going as, as long as we wanted it to go. How long did the last Just Standing go? The last Just ran 14 hours. Okay. All right. How many hours so, did you run? I ran 12. Okay. Uh, and I, I made the mistake. I learned I didn't go in with the right mindset because I had attempted a 50 mile race earlier this summer and I didn't finish it. And that was my, my only goal. I went in, I was like, I need to do 50 miles. Mm -hmm. So of course I hit 50 miles and then I was like, I don't think I can do anymore. (laughs) Like that. I don't need to be the last Jess standing. I can be the second or third to last Jess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so, um, there are three Jesses that have, in the past run a hundred mile races and finished um canada just has attempted the 200 mile distance a couple times Mm -hmm. and hasn't quite finished yet but she will um and we had two of those three who have run a hundred miles before one got kind of dizzy one had some stomach issues and so they dropped out a little bit earlier than what we were thinking they might so Grinspan took it home (laughs) (laughs) easily. She had so much more gas in the tank and she was heckling everybody trying to get us to go further. But (laughs) at that time, that was the furthest I have run yet. So, well, that's, that's incredible because you think about, you know, just 12 hours of four point something. Is it four point? to 4.17 4.17 for just over and over and over and over and over again and especially two i'm sure trying that 50 miler you learned some things it didn't go your way but you obviously learned some things yeah i actually got to run that 50 miler with jesse from colorado and tennessee jess henley really so yeah we i had met a few of them in person beforehand Mm -hmm at different events. Um, but that was the first time we had all been together last just last month. August. Yeah. So that's, and that's, that's incredible that it continues. And you have this, this tight bond between, between these women, where does last Jess, where does the, the, the Jesses, where does the Jess do it? Where do you, where does Jess do it? Go from here. Well, um, this weekend, Jesse and I attempted the Barkley Fall Classic. Oh, wow. How did that go? We got in super last minute. Um, She told me she got in and then I realized, oh man, they're really flying through the wait list. Yeah. So literally last Monday I signed up Mm -hmm. and I got in on Tuesday. Well, you you just signed up, put yourself on the wait list on Monday and you got in on Tuesday? Yes. So you... You didn't have to do any, you couldn't do any specialized training or anything for this. You were like, ah, the Saturday before the race, you had no plans to do it. And then all of a sudden you're driving to frozen head. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing anything next weekend. And my friend Jesse is flying in from Colorado. So I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and see what happens. Um, I wow. have been running a lot. Yeah. I'm training for my first hundred miler next month. Okay. Um, but it's totally different. It's a flat, Indiana course. Yeah. Are you doing the you Indiana well Trail 100? Indiana Pancake State. It is so flat. Are you doing the Indiana Trail 100? 
I am. Okay, that's that's a great race. Well supported Western States qualifier. Um, they they used to have it where it was, I want to say it was five or six loops, but they've added some mileage, and so they've taken the loops down. They I think they've removed one. I think it's five. Is it five loops of 20 now or four loops of 25? It used to be quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually a really nice course, really well supported. You're really gonna you're really gonna love it. It's it's a great a great race to cut your teeth because it's a trail race, but it's not there's not too much elevation on it. Oh no, no. It's it's minimal. It's they say it's six thousand feet for the whole hundred miles. Right, which may so be generous. Very little. Right. Your your uh, watch may say less than six thousand feet when you're all said and done. Probably. So how did how'd the Barkley Fall Classic go for you? It was really hard. Yes. I knew it was going to be really hard. Yeah. Um but I had just gotten back to town from vacation, so I couldn't take Friday off. Mm -hmm. So I worked all day Friday and I drove down. I got to um, the campsite at 1230 a.m. I slept in the back of my car for a few hours and then (laughs) rolled over to packet pickup. Uh, Thankfully, Jessie got there earlier on Friday. She got the map and everything. So she kind of caught me up on what the course was going to going to be like. But um it was brutal because it rained and stormed and turned everything to slop. <laughs> yes. And I am sure coming from Indiana where you're right, Indiana is pancake flat. It is not a very, there's not a whole lot of, of ups and downs in Indiana. You could probably just put your car in, when you roll into Indiana, you can put your car in neutral and just, <laughs> just slightly go downhill the entire way. Um, but you must, you get to frozen head. What did you think of that park? Cause it's one of my favorite places in the whole world. It was beautiful. It really, really was. Um, and I did pretty good at the beginning because I got the volume under my belt and that carried me far. Yeah. I just didn't have the hill training. Yeah. And so uh, early on, I got stung by a bee for the first time in my life. But you never stung by a bee? I've never been stung by a bee. <laughs> and then... I had to pee in the woods for the first time. Oh, come on. What? What? Oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Barkley Fall Classic turns into first time beasting. And now, granted, you're you're in the ultra world for a year or so. You've not had to pee in the woods yet? No, I hold it. Or there's a <laughs> toilet or a portageon or something. So, I was like, at one point, it was storming so hard that I contemplated just peeing in my shorts because it would wash away but i was like no i'm gonna hold on to my dignity <laughs> and um, you're an ultra runner now jessica i held it for a while and then i was like looking for a good place to pull over and finally found a big tree i think only a couple people saw my butt so <laughs> minimal damage <laughs> So, so you're dealing with all these firsts. First time going up oh, yes. Bird Mountain. Lots of firsts. First beasting. Oh, Bird Mountain. Yeah. That was brutal. I mean, I, I was trying to play a game with myself to just walk a hundred steps before I would take a break and yeah. rest. I couldn't even do that. I changed it to 50 steps. I couldn't even do that. There was one point I was taking like 10 steps at a time. And then I would like lean against a tree to take a rest. And I thought my race was over, but then you hit some sections that are runnable. You're going downhill. There's some flats. Um, 
I ended up building a pretty good time buffer. I had yeah. like a hundred, I had um, an hour and 40 minutes extra time yeah. ahead of cutoffs. Yeah. And then I hit a section that was so muddy and brutal that it took me two hours and 35 minutes to travel two miles. I'm getting those rat jaw. Were you going up rat jaw? No, not rat jaw. It was testicle spectacle and meth lab. It was my total undoing. I mean, it was brutal. So brutal. I was moving so slow. There was one point I was sliding down a mud hill and I was just shouting to no one in particular, (laughs) you call this a foot race? (laughs) I was just sliding down this hill of mud, getting a mud enema, essentially. And I was like, so done with this. And then this guy comes sliding down behind me. And he impaled his hand on a piece of broken glass. Oh! And it, he looked me straight in the eye. And then he looked at his hand and he ripped it out of his hand. Oh my God! It was, I was, I was horrified. (laughs) And he kept going. (laughs) And I sat there and I started crying. I was so scared. That was also the first time I've cried in a race. So lots of firsts. Man, you're peeing, Uh, you're crying, you're, but you're doing it all. You're getting stung by bees. Yeah, it was so hard. Um, That race though is the people that sign up for it are just quality people. Yeah. Like everyone is so willing to help anyone who needs help. Um, I had this really sweet lady named Sarah come up behind me as I was sitting in the mud crying and feeling sorry for myself. Uh, And she was like, she just talked me down. She talked me down and we made it to the next checkpoint. Uh, But the people that you meet are just amazing. That that's what really makes the experience. So I made, I was out there for uh, almost 11 hours before I timed out. So did you did you have to do the marathon or did you time out entirely and they took you back to the start? <laughs> I timed out before the marathon. I was so disappointed. So how far did I'm, you how far did you think you went? Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even know how to go about estimating it. I've heard but, and, and don't be mad Barkley people. This is just rumors that I'm hearing. I've heard the 50k was 38 miles ish. And the marathon was like 29.30-ish. So I don't know how I, far you were from yeah. the marathon finish, but. I've heard the same thing. I didn't make the official marathon finish, yeah. but I think I might have gotten a marathon. <laughs> you, you may have gotten a marathon in there. You just didn't get the official finish. <laughs> just not official, unofficially. That's incredible. <laughs> I guess. All those firsts. you got, And you got a guy pulling glass out of his hand. <laughs> I mean... I felt like, so since I got in on Tuesday, I did the research I could because I like to be prepared, but I didn't have a whole lot of time. Um, One thing that I did did read about was that people tear their shorts a lot. Yeah. And so I was so scared about that. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a chronic overpacker. Yeah. I packed an extra pair of underwear just in case I ripped my shorts. <laughs> I did not rip my shorts, so I count that as a win. Was it a nice pair where you're like, I want people to think that I I take this very seriously? Well, I wore a pair of shorts that were doubled up. So thank God I chose a pair with the compression shorts and then the shorts on top of that. Yeah. Um, 
because I could not have imagined how much of that race I spent on my ass. <laughs> like if I had worn the typical like running shorts with just like the panty liner, right? I would have been miserable. Good Lord. What an adventure you stumbled into with less than a week's time. To be honest, I'm kind of glad I didn't know everything. Before. Do you think you wouldn't have done it had you known everything? I think I would have stressed over it so much yeah. and spent too much time worrying about it that yeah. I don't know if it would have even been fun for me anymore. Right. And you got to experience all this stuff. Had you had you done all that research, had you known ahead of time, you wouldn't have had these great, you know, firsts, these great this great yeah. adventure. That's incredible. Yeah. So what did you learn from Barkley that you or the Barkley Fall Classic that you'll use as you prepare yourself for uh, the Indiana Trail 100 in just a couple weeks. Um, well, I felt really good during the Barkley. I was out there for so long, but even at the end, I felt like I could run. Yeah. The problem was everything was too slippery. Yeah. I didn't feel like I could run without falling. Yeah. Um, so it was really kind of a confidence booster. I think I'm going to be in pretty good shape. I've put in a lot of, a lot of miles, a lot of training for the Indiana trail. Um, but I don't honestly know if those two races can be compared that much. Well, I think you can learn something and I, I think, yeah, you're right. Cause one is a relatively flat trail 100. The other one is a ridiculously steep and just nonsensical, you know, commentary on the, <laughs> on the absurdness of the sport. Um, have you, have you, Figured out your nutrition because that always gets people when they do a 100 is nutrition. Yeah. So, well, what's worked for me in the past so far, I do better with liquids. Yeah. So I use a lot of Tailwind or Sword or Scratch, whatever yeah. is available. I think Tailwind will be at Indiana Trail. Um, I like to use that until I feel hungry. Mm. And then I kind of pride myself on having a stomach of steel. Oh, So when I first started um, getting into ultras and realizing like, oh, I can't just go run and not eat anything. Yeah. I would, after work, I would go across the street on my way home and get McDonald's and eat that on my way home and then yeah. go for a run. You would go for, wow, that's some serious ultra training right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of thought if I can stomach McDonald's on a run, or sometimes I'll get a Dairy Queen blizzard and then go for a run. If I can train my stomach to, to you know, not puke that back up, I feel like I can eat anything at, at an aid station. And that's, it's yeah. been pretty solid training for me so I far. I think it's solid. I think that's a great training plan. The Jessica Nowak training plan, go <laughs> eat a Dairy Queen blizzard and then go run after the blizzard. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down, everybody. But no, I think, yeah, just I've always kind of said that the difference between the 100 and anything else, I think if you're in shape to run a marathon, you're in shape to run a 100 miler. The difference is just nutrition. And when you're hungry, it's too late. You've got to kind of, um, you got to kind of stave that off a little bit. So you got to, you want to consume, you got to find the, like the sweet spot calories for you. For me, it's like 350. It's between 250 and 350 an hour, just depending. It's just finding that sweet spot for you and what you can what you can consume for the hour. And the cool thing is, 
with aid stations, you'll you'll roll in and something will will grab your attention, and that's usually your body's way of telling you this is what I need. So, um, yeah, you'll have a lot of fun. It'll be good. Yeah, I'm excited. I until recently I was just nervous because I've been DNSing everything this summer. I feel yeah. like um, that's another thing that's been kind of like eye-opening i i dreaded for so long getting yeah. that first dnf yeah. and it's like nobody cares other than me that's the truth so i still had a great time out there and um i still learned a lot i met a lot of really cool people i heard a lot of awesome stories um saw some terrifying things yeah yeah <laughs> but nobody really cares if you dnf but after this race after feeling like I could still run at the end of that, yeah, I think I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, I think so. I think you gotta, you guys have confidence in yourself, and no, I think they give you a pretty generous amount of time to finish that. Yeah, you get 30 hours, and this is the first year actually they built five new miles of trails, yeah. and so it's gonna be four laps of 25 miles. So that that's that so, makes it a lot more manageable, mm-hmm. and then because you, you know you get back to the start and you're like, okay, I got three laps left. Okay, I got two. Okay, I've got one. Instead of oh, I got six, you know, I guess it was a little it was a little yeah. overwhelming uh, when that race was uh, started a, a couple of years ago. The nice thing is they moved it. It used to always be in March. And it would it would just rain out every year, and it was just a, it was just a mud pit. And then they moved the race to October, and it seems to since they moved to October, it's just way more manageable, and the trails are in better shape. And so yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, you'll learn a lot about yourself too, because you'll you'll go to some some dark places if you keep moving and just kind of have the mentality of I won't remove myself from this. I will have to be removed by someone else. If you yeah. have that kind of that mentality and just kind of stay out there as long as you can. And until someone else says, okay, you're done. Like you don't get to say you're done. Someone else has to say you're done. Mm-hmm. You'll find I like that. that. Yeah. That's a great tip. Yeah. You'll find that's what I try. That's what I try to do too. Yeah. Just, I like it. Yeah. Have that be your mantra. Just, I'm not I'm the only person that can pull me off this course is someone else. I've, I can't say I'm done. Someone else has to say you're done. And I think, you know, I know somebody um, who has DNF'd a lot in their past um and now she like there's always that like missing piece of the puzzle right and so she figured out the missing piece of the puzzle and she was like like second or third at cruel jewel i mean she like she like went from the from dnfing races to just the next level and competing well at these incredible races so it just may be jessica obviously it may just be that that last piece of the puzzle hasn't been figured out for you yet a big part of that problem is navigation for me. Do you get lost? I get easy? lost a lot. You gotta follow. They 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 mark it off, Jessica. You gotta. You gotta <laughs> they have little flags. Well, not all races are marked that well. Well, Barkley, but yeah, you're yeah you're if if you're if you're if you're directionally challenged, the Barkley Fall Classic was not for you. Yeah, although. So at my very first 50K, I got lost and I ran three extra miles, nice. but I still made the time cutoff. Good. At this 50 miler this summer, I got lost again, three extra miles. That was too much. Couldn't yeah. make it up. Yeah. Got pulled. At Barkley Fall Classic, I got a little lost with a group of people. Um, we got off rat jaw too early. Yeah. We thought we were at the top. We weren't. We ended up like 
going uphill in woods real and i i was the one who said hey everybody i think we're going the wrong way and so i was only lost for maybe 10 minutes that yeah. time so it's improving and i feel like if i can course correct and sparkly then I should be able to manage Channel Lake State Park in Indiana. I think you'll be yes, and I, it, it's very well marked. Uh, you'll you'll be fine. It's it's they. This isn't their first rodeo, and they're not like I don't know marked course before. You'll have to yeah. if you get lost on this one, Jessica. They're going to be really impressed with you. Like, ma'am, how did you get lost? I ran their shorter version. They do in December called the Huff. It's yeah, fifty k. Yeah. So I ran that last December, and I went up to the race directors afterwards and thanked them for their course markings <laughs> because they literally at Forks in the Trail, one direction has a big cardboard sign that says no. Yes. <laughs> so you cannot, you cannot go wrong there. I was like, this is going to be my first one hundred because I am not going to let getting lost be a race under there. No, no, not at all. You, you've 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 dialed it in. You're getting a little better. You're not going to be so lost. Perfectly marked. Just make sure at night when you have your headlamp on that you're, you know, just get a good headlamp. Pay attention. Pay attention. You'll be good to go. What else are you excited about, Jessica? I love, and this is audio, so people can't see this, but when you talk about these races, you are, you're glowing, you're beaming about how much fun you're having uh, in this sport. Yeah. So luckily I have a very nice husband who lets me just at the at my own whim travel, you know, for these races and go check these things out. Um, the next hopeful thing, um, a handful of the Jesses are trying to get into fall state for next summer. Oh, okay. Um, So two are officially in, there are three of us on the wait list. And so we're, we're kind of, um, just in limbo there, but that could be the next kind of, Jess events. Jess is across Vol, Vol State. Mm-hmm. Would you do it together as a team? Would you guys stay together as a pack or would you all just kind of do your own thing? Um, I would hope that we would stay together as a team. Uh, that race, I heard about early on when I started learning about ultra running yeah. and I just thought it was such a cool thing. Um, it scares me a little bit to be a female alone out in the country roads, mm-hmm. yeah. especially at nighttime. So, um, I think that's a concern that a lot of us share. So mm-hmm. we would hopefully plan to stay together. Um, but I would never want to hold anyone back either in a race. Yeah. And so like, um, this weekend, uh, my friend Jesse and me, we planned to do the race together, but we were going different paces because, you know, she's super strong on uphill. She lives in Colorado, so right. she can, she can trudge up those mountains, like no one's business. And I'm like, puffing and puffing and leaning against trees during yeah. those sections but i can power hike i'm pretty tall i've got long legs and she was taking like two steps to my one step in right. gentle upgrades so we just have different strengths and so we ended up being separated there but hopefully for something so big multi-day event like that we plan to stay together well if you do get in if you get off the wait list um reach out to a a, a, a a frequent guest of this show she's been on i think three times her name is becca joiner look up becca joiner she's done vol state a couple of times and she'd be able to kind of give you some pointers and to kind of give you like a realistic what is it like for a woman by herself on that course in the middle of the night and she can kind of you know, go over some of your fears with you and, and, and just give you some pointers of what to do. 
So you'd be fine. Okay, yeah. Because she's she yeah, was so, be awesome. she was so far ahead of most people this year. I think she ran a lot of it herself. So she'd be the person to reach out to. Becca Joiner, um, she's okay. from uh, mi- the upper Midwest, your neck of the woods in Michigan. So, oh, Michigan, yeah, yeah, just north. So do that. That sounds that sounds incredible. All all of this from the pandemic and a virtual run across Tennessee. That's absolutely incredible, Jessica. Yeah, I I mean. I just, I don't even know how it happened. Sometimes I think about it and like, I I just don't even know how to connect the dots, but I'm so thankful (laughs) that it did happen. It's, it's like the one bright spot to come out of all of this. Um, Now I have these lifelong friendships with, with these dresses all across the country, couches to go sleep on. If I sign up for races in their neck of the woods, I've got uh, Tennessee Jess. She's coming up to run the monumental marathon in November and she's going to sleep at my house. And I refused to sign up for a road marathon, but it's one of her goals to run one in every state. So um, I will gladly house her and get her dinner and drive her to the start line and, and back home, but I'm not running it with her. That's fantastic. Just do it. I absolutely love it. This is so amazing. And you think about, you know, as we look at the pandemic, it's very sombering, especially with you know, the Delta variant and all of that and what we're, what we're dealing with, but there's good things that come out of the worst things. And it, and you would you wouldn't I mean if this if the country had not shut down had all races not gone virtual the Jesses may have never formed a team and there may have been no just do it no last just standing and all of these friendships that you've made these strong bonds probably would never have been made had the world not had to stop for a while. Yeah, you're so right. Very right. All right, Jess Nowak, thanks for joining us on the Adventure Jogger. Adventurejogger.com is the website. We got uh, gear. We also have back episodes, everything Adventure Jogger. New episode coming up next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search the Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.